morning, listeners, and welcome to episode 12 of the Tokyo Oz podcast. My name is Tom Murphy, and I'll be running the show tonight. Joined next to me is Al Van Arnholt. How are you, Al? I'm very well, as always, Tommy. Another cracking day today. Not sure if we won any medals on the day, but we've guaranteed a couple to come in the next couple of days. So absolutely frothing um, to see the boys in those events um, get their moments of crowning glory. Um, so, yeah, absolutely as good as you can be on a Tuesday night. I'll give you that much anyway. That's it. And next to me virtually is Mr. Oliver Lemke. How are you, Ollie? Going well, Tommy. Another great day today. We had two of our absolute favourites who have um, got on very early with um, some outstanding performances that we'll get into soon, no doubt. Absolutely. Now to our opening question, just keeping things a little bit lighthearted before we get into the guts of it. Now, boys, what current or former Australian athlete that does not compete in Olympic sport would you like to see compete at the Olympics? Now, oh, what, are, what are you thinking? So I've seen your, your two answers and you guys have gone with some athletic specimens without giving too much away. I've actually gone with someone who wasn't very good in his actual field, former Waratahs fly half Duncan McRae. He was a dead average rugby player, but what he's most famous for is um, absolutely being able to throw him. And so he uh, got into Ronan Agara in a British and Irish Lions versus Waratahs game where he threw about 11 punches in seven seconds to absolutely knock him into next week. So I reckon Duncan could should put his hand up and go over to uh, Paris 2024 as one of our boxing representatives. Yeah, well, I mean, even more so if they bring in something like MMA, because if I remember correctly, that was down on the ground in the clinch. So I don't know how he goes standing up. He's only a short man too, so it'd be in the lightweights. It'd be good to watch. All right, what are you, what are you thinking, Al? Yeah, none of that ground and pound rubbish from Duncan. Is, um, he's been made famous for being a bit of a coward in that respect. Um, Ronan, poor old Ronan at the bottom of the ruck. Didn't have much chance to defend himself there. I'm sure you'd probably agree with that, Tommy. Um, him being a, a fellow player for the Lansdowne Rugby Club in Dublin. Um, but I've actually gone with one of Ollie's favourite players here, or one of Ollie's favourite athletes, the great Tommy Turbo. Uh, Tom Trebojevic, for any of our non-rugby league following listeners. And I'd love to see him in the decathlon. We've seen what a supreme athlete he is. He's got the strength. He's got the, the, he's got the hops. He's got the pace. He's got the stamina. So throw anything at him and he, he, he um, seems to deal with it. And he's, um, I think he would be awesome seeing him run 400s, 1500s. Um, I actually reckon that he'd have a bit of a strength we don't necessarily see on the rugby league field all the time with him sort of loping out the back like the absolute rugby league gazelle that he is. Um, but I'd love to see him um, have a go at throwing the shot put as well. So I reckon he would be an absolute freak in that. How about yourself, Tommy? Yeah, well, no, just on Tommy Turbo, I mean, he sort of does have that shape that the decathletes seem to have. He's big, tall, rangy. I mean, he would do, you'd imagine, in most of the uh, the running um, disciplines, he'd do quite well, I suppose. I'd, I could see him Frosby flopping over a pretty decent height onto the high jump mat. So that's probably not a bad shout. I reckon he's paying about a dollar one if he entered the deck taffon, fellas. And I'll tell you some for free. I reckon he'd do more damage in the athletes' village than he would on the track. Well, if if he's taking the gold and doing that, then Lemmy's uh, certainly having an impressive uh, Paris. Um, I've actually gone so I, I kind of made note of this that 
you know, we're sort of underrepresented in the field events for, from a ma male standpoint in the Aussie team. Um, you know, we, we're kind of represented in the long jump and, and the pole vault and obviously Brandon Stark and high jump. But I'm talking particularly about the throwing events and I'm, I'm using sort of our uh, natural cricketing ability as a nation and I'm, I think someone like uh, the wild thing, Sean Tate, would be an outstanding uh, javelin thrower. Uh, he's got that slinging action, not to mention his ability to, to uh, throw down 160K Thunderbolt. So I think he'd be uh, perfectly suited to the javelin. I mean, he'd only, you know, he's only good for about five or six balls anyway. So that's all it takes to, to reach Olympic glory. That's a beauty, mate. I could see that. Get, it, get him involved. He's got the right run-up length as well. I think he'd already have it down pat. Maybe, maybe, uh, the wild maybe he thing, was a convert. Maybe, maybe the wild thing was a javelin star in his in his younger yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, he's weird enough to be anyway. Um, all right, we'll get. <laughs> what are you the... saying to all our javelin competing listeners out there, Tom? <laughs> no comment. Uh, I've seen you throw the spear before, Tommy. So um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be so quick to throw other spears yourself here, mate. Certainly, it wasn't an impressive attempt. Um, for those listeners that are unaware, I, I did uh, have a crack at javelin once upon a time and I was very unsuccessful. Anyway, getting into the review of Tuesday's events. Uh, this morning, 11 o'clock, a bit of a late start. We had the canoe sprints. Uh, so Tom Green in the men's K1 1000 metres, he finished seventh in the final, um, who, you know, not, not bad for a bloke who apparently took up kayaking to keep fit for surf boat rowing. Um, and then we had Jean van der Vestazen in the third in the B final. Then for the women's K2 500 metre sprint, we had the Australian crew of Alyssa Bull and Alice Wood, who ran fifth in the final, while Jamie Ryan and Joe Bridgen Jones missed the A final and finished fifth in the B final. Then we had the women's long jump final. Uh, so Brooke Stratton had qualified for that, and she finished seventh with a jump of six metres 83. Uh, which is an outstanding effort, I believe, just short of her own personal PB. Uh, and then we were back down onto the, the bay in Tokyo for the sailing limo. Uh, what happened down there? Yeah, so we're almost at the end of our sailing program, but there's um, a couple of metal races tomorrow that we'll get to in a minute. First of all, we'll start with the women's 470. And Nia Sherwood and Monique DeVries, after a big week, they finished 13th and 20th in race 9 and 10. So they won't progress to the medal race there tomorrow. Um, but it was a disappointing finish today for Lisa Daman and Jason Waterhouse in the mixed NACRA. They had their medal race. They finished 18th, which was their, by far the worst result of their campaign. They slipped from fourth to fifth. Um, so I think they'd be a little bit disappointed with that, but plenty to work on heading into Paris. Uh, the men's fin race, we also had the medal race. Uh, and it was Jake Lilly from Australia. He finished sixth, um, which is a fair effort from Jake. So he, I think he was um, finished up seventh overall in the standings. But the big news, Will Ryan and Matthew Belcher, they finished second and eighth to wrap up another gold medal for Australia. They just have to start tomorrow's medal race. There's an absolute dominant performance from the lads. They're basically led from start from the start from race one where they finished first. Um, so it was outstanding to see, and it was good to see Channel 7 give them a little bit of coverage this afternoon, albeit on delay. Yeah, well, isn't it funny? First, Matty Wern, now Will Ryan and Matt Belcher. I mean, we're on to something, boys. I think it's the Tokyo's touch. We, we've, we've, 
we've got one to move on to a bit later on who we've spruiked for a while. Some people might um, might know that, might know who we're talking about there. But he's doing the rounds on social media now and the Tokyo's boys were over him about this time a month ago. So there you go. I actually think we have to test the waters and see what the um, what the feedback's like for our sailing reviews. There might be a bit of an audience out there for us to start a sailing podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've been thinking we could set up and maybe follow the um, the European and Caribbean leagues. Um, maybe we get a little jungle. Then also follow the we could cover the Australia the Americas Cup too. So I, I think would, we'd be, I would mind a little Boxing Day junkets of Hobart paid that's for it. by. Um, we'll be we'll be targeting quite an affluent audience. I mean, there'd be plenty of money there, and I'd say, you know. Who wouldn't want to listen to us while they're cruising around in their Bentley on a Sunday drive? I reckon I could see the boys down at the uh, Rush Putters Rush Cutters Bay Yacht Club having a few schooners out on the deck. There, be a great spot to do a pod. I've got my sperries just waiting to go. <laughs> isn't isn't the um? You get to Constitution Dock in Hobart, and the first thing you do when you get off the boat is head inside to the pub and have rum and coke. Like, rum and coke, that's right. Yeah. That's the boys down to a T. How good would that be? Yeah, rum and cokes at seven in the morning. Sailing Australia, if you're out there, um, hit us up. We're, we're all still employed, but we're all we're all sort of looking for um, a bit open, of a side hustle. So open to opportunities. Absolutely. All right, enough of the sailing. Uh, we're on to the weightlifting in the 109 kilo group stage. Uh, Matthew Leidemont, uh, he, he was up for us today. Uh, he lifted 158 kilos in his snatch and 180 for his clean and jerk, which is a monstrous amount, but unfortunately not enough to progress through to the final tonight. Uh, then we had, we were into the velodrome and we had the first up, we had the men's team sprint. Uh, so we actually ended up finishing in fourth place in this event. Uh, have we broke the Olympic record twice throughout the, uh, the races preceding the final. Um, we raced the French in the bronze medal match and unfortunately went down to them. So we finished in fourth. Then we had the um, men's team pursuit who won their race to get against the Kiwi, uh, against the Swiss rather in emphatic fashion. And uh, they will race tomorrow for the bronze medal against the Kiwis. Uh, then we had the women's team pursuit who finished fifth after beating the Italians in the fifth versus sixth playoff race. Then we moved on to tonight, one of the new additions on the Olympic program, the men's sport climbing. I was very interested to see how this would turn out. Uh, we had Tommy O'Halloran, um, a former Australian Ninja Warriors superstar. He finished 17th in the speed climbing and 17th in the bouldering. And the lead event is still to come tonight. Um, so he looks like he's out of it uh, for the final in a couple of days time but I don't know did you guys get to catch any of that speed climbing what'd you think of the sport climbing rather what'd you think of it it was good to watch um, interesting a glorified uh, ninja warrior type setup as we said yesterday but uh, the Aussie wasn't wasn't much chop I think we need to work on that one so maybe we could go into um, sports climbing recruiting it's another thing another job for after the pod. <laughs> You're not wrong there. I saw that French bloke, uh, Mikhail Malwem, I think his name was, um, and he went up there, the speed climbing, uh, the 15-metre one first, uh, the first guy to go up there under six seconds. And then um, after seeing the Aussie bloke try that and then comparing him to that, it seemed like uh, it wasn't going to be pretty watching. So I quickly uh, turned over to some more appealing viewing for my green and gold eyes. The chase. <laughs> Actually, missed the chase tonight, Ollie. Um, which is a rarity. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, 7.35, we have the much-anticipated men's light heavyweight boxing matchup. Harry Garside versus Saifullin of Kazakhstan. Now, the King Harry, he won 3-2. Uh, it was an outstanding performance from the young man who we've been spruiking, uh, as Ollie said, for the last month. I mean, he only really made an appearance on the podcast before his first bout, but at that point, we were talking his chances right up. Um, he's a man of many talents. You know, he looks and dresses like an Eche, got the TNs, got the tats, got the haircut. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't walk out to Cursor to ringside tonight. I'm not sure whether they get to choose their songs or not. Um, but then I watched a little video of him and, he, and he's into his ballet uh, as sort of a cross-training um, exercise for his boxing. So a man of many talents, an outstanding boxer, and he's taking on uh, a Cuban in the uh, semifinals. He's guaranteed a bronze now. Um, how did, what did you think of that one, boys? Outstanding, mate. I thought it was really good. Uh, I, I, I think I said to you, boys, I think it's the first time I've been right behind a boxer. Um, and it was great to see you riding him the whole way, loving every punch. It was a tight finish. I wasn't quite sure if he got it, but it, of course, um, he was good enough on the day. So that was outstanding. Bit of chat, maybe scammer, tipped off the Algerian judge, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, and you're not wrong there, Ollie. And you're also not wrong there, Tom, in saying that we've been behind uh, King Harry or Prince Harry as he was uh, before he uh, secured his crowning glory, uh, making him the, the new king of Australian boxing. Move over, Timmy Zhu. Uh, but it's a, I've, he's actually secured our first Olympic boxing medal in 33 years. And consider how strong we've been at, at all the Olympics over the years that we haven't secured a, a boxing medal since Seoul. It's an outstanding achievement. And I cannot wait to turn on the Olympic coverage at nine o'clock in the morning um, and see those morons, Joe Griggs and Luke Darcy, uh, pretend they know who he is and pretend they've seen him, any footage of him fighting from the earlier rounds, which we've been um, glued to the, the entire time. So shout out to you, Harry, mate. Um, outstanding achievement. I'm sure it's, just a, it's the start of a long career in uh, professional boxing. I'm sure that there's... Uh, promoters lighting up to to get him into their stable. Yeah, well, I've been berating him all afternoon with DMs on Instagram, so hopefully he gets back. To me. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> then we had the gymnastics. We had the men's horizontal bar. Now Tyson Bull he qualified the it for the final in seventh, uh, and it was a very tight affair. He's actually our first um, men's. Let me get this right male gymnast that has qualified for a final since 2012 um since london he finished in sixth tonight which is you know a great achievement and um you know a good indication that maybe uh gymnastics or male gymnastics in australia is on the rise and now al uh the cookers were up against germany they got up 3-1 um as someone that's you know got hockey in their veins due to their Dutch lineage. How did you see that one? Yeah, and just a big shout out to my old man there as well. He's actually the Australian under-16 um, merit hockey team captain. So unfortunately, I never picked up the stick and maybe I would have been a good goalkeeper given I don't have quite the, uh, the physique that the, uh, the old fella has. But um, yeah, massive win tonight. A really good win. Uh, we took an early lead. Once again, we only only conceded off a penalty corner, and then um, Timmy Brand 
with that opening goal, which was outstanding. I think he's been the, the real superstar for the Cookers in this tournament so far. Uh, but then, yeah, second half just solidified our lead with a two, with it taking a two-one lead into the final quarter, and then the Germans, with about five minutes to go, actually um, pulled off quite a. Well, they didn't pull it off, but they tried quite a, um, a risky maneuver by taking their goalkeeper off and just running with eleven outfield players. Uh, that backfired. We nearly scored um, just after they took him off, and then we, we then we put one in not long afterwards, and then were able to hold on for the three-one lead. So. We've got the Belgians in the final now. I haven't really checked when um, that one's happening. It's We've sort of just had it finished. But um, once again, another guaranteed medal there. So um, our first hockey hockey final for the boys since Atlanta in 96. And um, hopefully it's our first Kookaburra's gold since 96 as well. Did you catch much of that one, Ollie? Yeah, I watched it pretty closely. It was um, good to watch. Good to see the Aussie boys get the W. VAR still does my head in in the hockey. That needs to go, in my opinion. Um, but apart from that, we're really looking forward to the gold medal match and the um, and the Aussie boys roll on. Absolutely. And um, then we had the uh, the athletics night session uh, tonight. Started with the uh, men's 110-metre hurdles, uh, the round one of that event. Nick Huff uh, came third in his heat, and that sees him into the semifinals at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, had the men's pole vault final. Curtis Marshall, now he qualified in fifth, but unfortunately failed to get over the 555, which was his starting height. Um, so he was therefore eliminated from that point on. Um, you know, considering his Oz qualifier was... Five meters eighty-five. This is, you know, quite a disappointing result for Curtis, and I imagine he'd be pretty pissed off right about now. But um, you know, great achievement to be in the Olympics nonetheless. Uh, and then we had uh, the men's five thousand meters. That was the last event featuring Aussies. We had Morgan McDonald finished eleventh, David McNeil finish finishing eighth, and Patrick Tiernan was unfortunately unable to start that race. I imagine due to his heroic efforts in the 10,000 metres a few nights ago. Um, and then the final, well, one of the last sort of team events left going, we had the women's water polo quarterfinal. Uh, Australia, unfortunately, went down to the Russian Olympic Committee 9-8 in a very tight tussle. Uh, the Russians seemed to be on top. Unfortunately, I didn't catch much of this, but they seemed to be on top for the majority of the match. But Australia managed to close that gap uh, in the last quarter and kind of left the door open for a potential win or to draw it up anyway and, and send it into, I don't know, do they go into extra time, lads, or penalties? Do, do either of you know the ins and outs of water polo? No, I'm not you. too sure there, mate. Um, have to give Kernsey a call. been a long time since I've watched a knockout game of water polo, so um, unfortunately my memory's failing me there, if there's uh, any memory there at all. <laughs> On that note, we might move on to the basketball that was on tonight. The Boomers playing Argentina in their quarterfinal matchup. It's just wrapped up now, fellas, and it was a resounding victory for the Boomers, 97 to 59 over Argentina. Uh, Paddy Mills once again led the way with 18 points, uh, followed by Matisse Thibault and Joe Ingalls. Uh, fantastic performance by Australia, their largest win of the tournament so far. So they're hitting their straps at the right time. Now they move on to play the dream team, the might of the USA on Thursday. That's a 2.15 tip-off, I believe. So clear your schedules because that's one not to miss. 
And what an absolutely outstanding performance it was from our beach volleyballers, Taliqua Clancy and Marifa Artacho del Solar, as Brenton Speed likes to roll off the tongue. Got a fantastic win over the world number one Canadian pairing in the quarterfinals. They progressed to the semi final. They won 21 15, lost the second set 21 19, and then got up in the last 15 10. Outstanding stuff. We'll move on to a uh, re- uh, preview of tomorrow night's events. Righto, guys, we'll get into the Wednesday preview. Uh, tomorrow morning at 7.30, we've got the women's 10K marathon suite, swim. That's featuring Karina Lee. Now, uh, this is part of the swimming program, but obviously will not be taking part in the pool. Uh, it is, for anyone that hasn't watched, I remember watching this one in Rio. Um, I remember watching the men's 10K marathon swim and a guy called Jared Port went out, an Aussie went out very hard at the start and... Unfortunately, it was tracked down by the rest of the group, but it is very grueling sport. Um, and hats off to Karina for even doing it. Um, when you say uh, grueling, there, Tom, do you mean grueling to watch or to swim? Bit of both. both. Bit of both. It yeah. seems, there's a lot of wash, a lot of splashing. Um, it's kind of like watching, I suppose, a triathlon swim, uh, except it goes on three times as long as that. Uh, at nine, we've got round one of the women's golf kicking off. We've, we're represented by Hannah Green and Minji Lee, who actually won a major two weeks ago. So we should be in with a good chance here if Minji can string together four good rounds. At 10 o'clock, we've got the women's park skateboarding. So this will be the first time this event will be making an appearance at the Games. We're represented by poppy star Olsen of Bondi. I'm actually really interested to see the park skateboarding. I wasn't I was unfortunately unable to see a lot of the uh, the street skateboarding. I mean, I didn't hear great things. It wasn't great, yeah. But interested to see the park skateboarding. I believe the goat of park skateboarding, uh, Tony Hawk, is actually going to be in attendance there. Um, would have been, you know, great to see him doing 900s. Um, what, on his wheelchair? <laughs> Surely the IOC can give Tony Hawk a, an honorary gold medal. Um, yeah. for his contribution to skateboarding because without him skateboarding is not an olympic sport well, and, and, probably, and, pl- and contribution to playstation 2 or, or, yeah, or, or a video say, game yeah more exactly. importantly contribution to video games um particularly that warehouse map yeah. um, where you could where i think you could grind the whole perimeter if i remember correctly um then we had the athletics morning session uh at nine o'clock, we've got Al's favorite event kicking off, the men's decathlon, uh, featuring Cedric Dubla and Ashley Maloney. Um, so today, or we'll see Cedric and Ash compete in the 100 meters, the long jump, the shot put, the high jump, and the 400 meters. Um, and then they'll finish their remainder of their events, the five more events tomorrow. Uh, at 11, we've got the 110 meter hurdles with Nick Huff. This is a semi final, so it'll be Great to see Nick go through to the final, although I think he might just be outclassed. Uh, and then we're back to the shipping lane. Um, I'm usually the one that looks after the shipping lane reviews, but Al's taken a keen interest in the canoe sprint. Uh, so I'll pass it over to him for his analysis. Yeah, so a bit of a different morning in the, canoe, in the shipping lane today. So obviously we only had the Aussies in the K events yesterday, uh, but we've actually got the canoe in, in action again today. Uh, so we've got the, the great uh, Ken Wallace assisted Bernadette Wallace first up in the C1 200 metres. And um, we've also got Josephine Bulmer in that one as well. So 
just for any listeners out there who aren't aware of the difference between the C and the K events, you've obviously got the K the, for kayak where they've got a, a paddle on or they've got a, a paddle on each end of the oar. And in the canoe, they've only got the, the like a rowing oar, just a single one. So definitely going to mix it up a bit. And after watching a couple of the thousand meter ones today, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the 200 and the 500 instead. Um, and then at 11.54, we're back in the kayaks. We've got Elise Wood and Alyssa Bull today. So they obviously competed as a team today and ran fifth in the A final. Uh, they'll be going down the 500-meter stretch. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they go on their Pat Malone as opposed to being in a pair. And then at 20 past 12, we've only got the men's K2 back to that. Uh, fabulous 1,000 metre distance with uh, John van der Westhausen and Thomas Green, who competed in the singles uh, yesterday um, as a pair. And then we've also got Riley Fitzsimmons and Jordan Wood, who I believe are setting out a little bit before them. So be interesting to see what happens there. Um, as we mentioned, we've uh, with the great Ken Wallace, I think he's won three Olympic medals. So it's an event where we've we've seen moderate success over the years. So it would be great to see um a few medals coming home uh from from the shipping lane tomorrow and then we've also got at 20 to 3 tomorrow aest um the opals up against the us obviously the opals just snuck through uh against the puerto ricans last night uh just nudging over that 25 point buffer they needed to clear to to make the quarterfinals and they've been duly rewarded with a match against the world's best the yanks um Obviously, we've spoken at length about the Opals and the Boomers' performance in the pre-tournament games in Las Vegas, where we both knocked off the Yanks. Uh, but it's going to be a bit of a tough ask here. We haven't really found our form uh, in Tokyo as of yet um, in a team. Obviously, Sands, uh, our best player, Liz Cambridge. Um, they've actually got their probably two of the greatest women's players of all time. They've got Sue Bird and Diana LaRassi, um, who are both over 40 years of age, but still absolutely killing it. And they are both lethal from the three-point line. So tough one for the Opals there, but hopefully they can take a lot of confidence over that um, inspiring win against the Puerto Ricans and get us through to the semifinals. And uh, you got to beat, you got to beat the best to win a medal. So there's no better time to do it than the quarterfinals when the, when the pressure's off and there's no expectations. And then Ollie, we're back to the, back to the regatta center for the sailing. That's right, mate. Um, so at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon, um, the clear schedules. We've got the men's two-person dinghy 470 medal race. That's Will Ryan and Matthew Belcher, who we've talked about at length, sailing to bring home their gold medal, which is outstanding to see. It's a great watch too, the 470, um, what you think of when you think of rowing. So make sure you tune in for that one because it'll be outstanding. And then we're back to the velodrome, Tommy. Yeah, that's right. We've got a bit more track cycling to get through. Uh, so at 3.30, we've got the men's sprint qualifications with Matthew Galitzer and Nathan Hart. And then at 4.10, we've got the women's Kieran. Uh, that's a team event consisting of Ashley Akendinoff, Georgia Baker, Annette Edmondson, Alexandra Manley and Maeve Plouffe. Um, interestingly, now, I don't know if you blokes know, but the Kieran has its origins in Japan and it's actually hugely popular for betting purposes. So what happens in the Kieran, and don't quote me on the specifics of it, but an electric bike goes out and you have to follow the electric bike for like three and a half laps or something. And then the electric bike goes off and then you race. Um, so 
it's I'm, I'm actually keen to see it. I, I think I've seen it a couple of times, but I've never really understand the, uh, the, the premise for the bike, the electric bike. So I'll be interested to see it and, and maybe bet, bet on it as well, uh, given it is basically designed to punt on. I feel it would be remiss of me not to do that. Absolutely, Tommy. I think the, um, the Kieran is also quite popular in cans over there. So that's something you um, don't always see from a cycling race that they come in cans as well. So that's very interesting as well. <laughs> and then at quarter to six, we've got the men's team pursuit. Uh, they're racing for a bronze, as we said before. So Lee Howard, Kellen O'Brien, Luke Clapp, Alexander, Alexander Porter and Sam Wellsford. Uh, <clears throat> then we've got the diving, uh, the women's 10-metre platform preliminaries, uh, the 10-metre platform being the highest of the diving boards, um, quite a scary height. We've got Melissa Wu, who's a bit of a go-to the sport here in Australia. Um, sort of any Olympics or Commonwealth Games you watch, she's always been a member of that diving squad. Uh, and she's competing alongside Nikita Haynes. Uh, then at 6 o'clock, we've got the sport climbing. Um, so it, it was the, the lads turn last night. It's the women's turn tonight. So we've got, um, the women's speed bouldering and lead <clears throat> the lone Aussie in that event is Oceana McKenzie. Fin <clears throat> then finally, we've got the athletics. Uh, so at eight o'clock, we've got the women's 1500. Uh, this is a semi-final featuring Lyndon Hall and Jessica Hull. Um, and at nine o'clock, we've got the, the women's 3,000 metre steeplechase final with Genevieve Gregson, our sole Australian there. At 10.05, we've got the men's 800 metre final, one that we've all sort of been waiting in anticipation for. Uh, <clears throat> it is Peter Boll, our represent Peter Boll from Perth, our representative here. And he's the first Australian man to make an 800 metre final since 1968. So great achievement. And, and Peter, you know, gauging off his form, looks as though he'll, um, you know, he'll go close to meddling here. So that's definitely one to watch. 10.05, not, not the greatest of times, but, you know, I, just before you head to bed, let's hope we're, we're cheering on an Aussie medal. Just on uh, that one, Tommy, it's a, uh, it's a great story, old Peter Bowl. Um, I got sent an article today um, that was published in the Herald. Shout out to Izzy Gillespie for sending that one through. Um, Peter wasn't actually into his athletics up until the age of 16. The athletics coach at his school was trying to put together a bit of a team and someone said, uh, Miss, you should see Peter run. He's pretty good. So she asked Peter if he wanted to have a go. He, she said, how far do you, can you run? He goes, I've got no idea. He said, can you do the 400? He goes, how far is that? She goes, one lap of the, one lap of the track. And he goes, yeah, I'll give it a go. They ended up winning by about a hundred meters, absolutely pantsing everyone else in attendance. So, um, he got into athletics at a very late age. Obviously, he's now 27, so it's a bit of a late bloomer in that sense. Um, but that's why. He never realised how good he was until his later years of school. Yeah, I bet I bet ScoMo's glad he didn't stop the boat that Peter was on. <laughs> Get that up, you ScoMo, you prick. <laughs> well, uh, well, Al, we've just lost our Liberal Party. <laughs> well done, Al. Well done. No apologies <laughs> for me. Moving on from that uh, little political de debate that I wanted to start, um, we'll go through yesterday's multi. Uh, we had so Alex actually had Peter Bold win a medal in the 800 meters, which I believe 
is actually it's on tomorrow. So there's another mistake made by the the self-proclaimed prophet of gambling. No mistake there, Tommy. We've waited since 1968 for the final, so we can wait a night for the uh, for the gold medal that's uh, incoming. Again, well done, Al. <laughs> then, Ol, you had the cookers at a dollar forty-five. Which Never in doubt. Came, Five in a row for those keeping track at home, which came through. Um, I had Daiki Hashimoto of Japan to win the horizontal bar. Uh, some punters, I believe, got that at about $2.40. Uh, and, of course, he won. He won well. The Croat coming coming in second and uh, a member of the Russian Olympic Committee coming in third. And then, finally, our, um, our listener submission from Jorge Kukulakis. Uh, he actually tipped the Stingers to beat the Russian Olympic Committee. Uh, that was paying a dollar eighty one, uh, and unfortunately, as we spoke about earlier, the girls were unable to win there. So, unfortunately, that multi is now out of play. But we can move on to uh, better things, and we'll go through our picks for today's multi. Um, now, what have you gone with, Al? You've you've gone with Peter Bowl to win a medal in the eight hundred, so we don't really need to explain ourselves there. Ollie, you've gone with. I went with the Opals to cover the line. So the line's 15 and a half. The Opals are, um, haven't hit form yet, but I'm, I'm backing them to, uh, to to be up for it tomorrow against the US. So get them on the line. It's paying $1.80. Beautiful. And then we've got another um, listener-submitted leg uh, from young Jack Williams of Berry. Uh, he's, I think, finishing year 12 at St. Ignatius in Riverview. So I don't know if I'd be um, condoning gambling at such an age, Jack, but nevertheless, uh, thank you for your, um, for your submission. He's got Harry Laverison of the Netherlands to uh, win the men's sprint cycling at $1.83. Um, and then my leg is Paweł Fajek of Poland uh, to win the men's hammer throw tomorrow at $2.15. Uh, the poles typically very strong in the field, the throwing events. Uh, and I just think Powell uh, will be too strong there tomorrow. That takes us to the end of uh, our podcast to, uh, today. Episode, what is it? Or what are you up to, boys? 11? 12. 12. 12. Um, thanks again for joining us. Um, and for those of you that have made it this far, thank you, Ali. Thank you, Tom. Sorry to our listeners who are fans of our um very inspiring prime minister <laughs> and thank you ollie thanks tommy looking forward to doing it all again tomorrow night thank you boys cheers listeners and have a good one <laughs>